1: Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee, the pastor of the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. I want to talk to you again today about Jesus. This is so serious. I'm not going to come with any dramatics, any drama. I just know the most important decision you can make in your life. Is will you stand up for Jesus? Now in John 15, we have this first, first word, and I've missed it. I've studied this book so many times, and I've, I've read John 15 so many times, but I missed this one little word. Let me read it for you. I am the true vine. I am the true vine. If Jesus is the true vine, that obviously means there are many vines that are not true. If it were not so, he would not have said to self-identify, I am the true vine. So what is he saying? He's saying you can gain nourishment from many different vines, but the nourishment you will receive will not be unto eternal life. It will be temporary nurturance, it will be temporary food, and then the vine will give out on you and it will not sustain you. He's saying he is the true vine and all the other vines are false. Shall we identify some of the false vines? Gaming. Professional sports. Entertainment. Work. Earning a million dollars. That new car. That relationship. These are all vines that can't support you that long. How many widows or widowers do I know who lost the most precious person in their life? I used to say to my late wife, sweetheart, as long as you're with me, we can go through anything. And then she died And she died 18 years ago. No, eight years ago. She left. She went to be with the Lord. And when she left, I died too. Because she was such a part of my heart. That when she died, I died. And I entered into a period of time in which I'm still in of serious pruning. It's been a very painful process. Now God has brought to me a precious woman whom i love with all of my heart to be my wife, Alexandra. But Alexandra is not my vine. I will not make that mistake a second time. My only vine is Jesus. It is from Jesus that I draw the nutrients, the life that I need to serve Jesus. Now, to clarify, yesterday we spoke about I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, during that time of pruning, the grapevine does not produce grapes. I have been fruitful in my life, bringing people to Jesus but I've never been satisfied with the amount of fruit. I've never been satisfied with the depth of the gifts or the gift of the Holy Spirit, the fruit that he brings into my life. I've never been satisfied that it's everything he has for me. I've always wanted more. This morning about 3 a.m. I couldn't sleep. I went into the prayer closet. And there for the next hour or so, I was very honest with the Lord in laying out exactly where I see my spiritual condition, recognizing that there's yet a work of pruning that must be accomplished in my heart for i recognize i don't have a heart sufficiently tender to truly intercede for the lost in this city and i was asking him please would you come and and prune my heart even more closely for the desire of my heart is producing much fruit for the kingdom of god now i've been a pastor in this city, in Washington, D.C., metro area for well over 40 years. And in that time, I have seen many come to Jesus. And I've seen many walk faithfully and still walk faithfully with Jesus. Many of you from radio have come into a wonderful relationship with Jesus where you have laid down your life And you trust him. I rejoice in that fruit. But it's not enough. I want more. I want revival in Washington, D.C. Now, while I rejoice in your commitment to Jesus, the many of you, not all of you, some of you have not yet decided to follow Jesus. You're still in the gray area you still ride the fence. You haven't stepped over and said, okay, I'm done with sin. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you because in Jesus I love you. And I'm deeply concerned about your life. Even though I've not met you, I've met you in the Spirit. He shows me the heart condition of people, sometimes by name. I have a whole pile of envelopes in front of me. Peter, Ellen, Robert, Chris. I could go on and on. The people who donate, I get their names. And then I lift them up in prayer. I don't send you fundraising letters, I take you into the prayer closet and I cry aloud for your ministry. I cry aloud for what you're called to. One dear pastor, I keep lifting her up before Jesus and crying out for her work in this city that is so vital, so important. And others of you. Leslie and many others I cry out But this morning in the prayer closet, I had another agenda. And that agenda was to come close to Jesus and ask him, please do more pruning in my heart. Now that's a dangerous prayer to pray. But I've decided to follow Jesus and I have no life outside of Jesus. He is everything to me. He is the lover of my soul. He is the one I will die for. love him because of what he's done for me. But you see, it's hard to bear fruit when you're being pruned. And for the last eight years, I've been sharply pruned. Pride, self-sufficiency, lack of love, lack of heart tenderness. Now, these are not sins like pornography or or other kinds of sins, uncleanness. These are not sins of direct disobedience to Jesus. These are not lying or cheating or stealing. But, oh, these are serious things with Jesus He hates a proud heart. He hates a proud heart. And I've been just pleading with Jesus, would you prune me? Would you remove every last spot of pride or arrogance from my heart? Would you make me a humble man before you? You see, you can't make yourself that but you can come to Jesus and just cry aloud and weep before him and say, Jesus, would you do this in my heart? That's what I've been doing. So for the last several years, I've not borne very much fruit. Oh, here and there, I've had the wonderful opportunity to call a person to serve Jesus and they've responded. But I've not been able to bear much fruit because I've not been pruned enough. See, you don't grow into purity. Purity is a gift from the heart of Jesus. It's part of that pruning (laughs) process. It's not comfortable. You can't say, okay, I'll work on patience now. doesn't work that way. You have to go in the prayer closet and cry aloud and say, Jesus, prune me. Let the Father know where I need to be pruned and just cut it off. Cut my pride off. Cut my hardened heart off. My rebellious spirit, just cut it off, Jesus. I don't want it. what I'm saying to you. I can't bear fruit while I'm being pruned. I need Jesus to come and, by the Father, finish this pruning work in my heart. And I'm pleading with him to do that. I'm naming what he identifies for me and I'm saying, Jesus, would you just ask the father to cut that out of my heart it says i am the true vine that's why i'm coming to jesus and not going to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a, a self-help group or that doesn't do me much good i'm coming to jesus he says, My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Oh, I don't want to be cut off from Jesus. I don't want to be cut off from Jesus. I want his fullness in my heart, in my mind, in my body. He says, Every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes. So you're going to be cut one way or the other. You're either going to be cut off from Jesus or you're going to be pruned. And so I'd rather come to Jesus and say, Lord, ask the Father to prune me. And for me, it's not been a quick work this time. It's been It's been eight years. It's been a process of bringing me back to life and and letting the strength of the vine of Jesus flow through me while things that block his Holy Spirit are cut off from my life. So now I have a house church that Jesus has brought me into. And in that house church, a dozen people. It's not a big church. I'm not interested in a big church. I've pastored in churches where there are thousands. I'm not interested in thousands. Not of people who are not willing to be pruned. Not of political churches. Not of not of entertainment churches. I remember one church. They insisted we had to have a full dress rehearsal before every service. I don't want that kind of church. I want to be a part of a little fellowship of people or a big fellowship of people where the Spirit of God rules and where he runs everything, where he rules everything, where he has time to bring words of knowledge or rebuke or chastening or praise and worship That's what the National Prayer Chapel is. You're welcome to come. If you've decided to follow Jesus, you're welcome to come. If that's also the cry of your heart, prune me, God. Prune me, Father. Fill me with your presence. Baptize me in your Holy Spirit and Pentecost power. If that's your cry, you're welcome to come. Verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. They're clean. They've been washed. But now they're going to go through some very severe pruning as Jesus goes to the cross. He says, Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So there are two things that have to happen. One, I have to remain in Jesus. And I have to undergo the pruning. It's very pleasant to remain in Jesus. It's very unpleasant often to undergo the pruning. The cutting off of everything of this world, of the flesh and of the devil. Cutting it off. says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Those are stunning words. Do you catch their import? You cannot do the work of God if you are not remaining in Jesus. You cannot remain in sin and in Jesus at the same time. The sin has to be cared for. It has to be removed from your heart. It has to be cut off. You have to remain in him. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. And such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. If you know today that you are undergoing severe pruning, and in the process you're rejoicing in the Lord Jesus through the tears, I'd like to talk with you. I'm going to give you a phone number. Jamal will take your call and put you through. The number is 877-534-0780. If you know today that you are undergoing severe pruning like I am, I'd like to hear from you. What's the Lord doing in your life? It's a, a pruning that we rejoice over through the tears. If you'd like to share your pruning the Father is doing in your life call right now 877-534-0780 I'd like to talk with you I'd like to pray with you I know without any question where the pruning of my life will end up it'll end up bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God. So I rejoice in the pruning. It's a wonderful, wonderful gift the Father gives to cut off the empty foliage, to cut off the foolishness, to cut out the pride, to cut off all sin, to call you into himself where he can use you, where he can move through you for the salvation of other people where he calls you into the prayer closet where you can rejoice in his salvation and pray for others who are going through the process. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So while we're undergoing the pruning process, we know Jesus loves us we know that as we go through that severe pruning he loves us sometimes we think we're going to die in that pruning sometimes it looks like we're going to die in that pruning but Jesus carries us through sometimes During the pruning, it's very discouraging because we don't see much happening. We don't see a great ministry. We don't see people coming to Jesus in the numbers we would like. It's okay. It's hard to bear fruit while you're being pruned. In fact, it's impossible. verse 18 is a warning and we do well to understand this. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates hates you yes there are people who hate me people who have utterly cut me off who will not speak with me either because in self righteousness they judge me or they love the things of the world but they're very religious and they don't like confrontation over sin it's okay I just pray. My life is in the scriptures and in the prayer closet right now. That's where I am being pruned. I praise Jesus for that. I have found myself going to fewer and fewer places as I wait before Jesus the finished work of pruning for now. There's a couple parables that are very important to look at. In Matthew, the 13th chapter, I want you to know that, that these words that seem so harsh in John, the 15th chapter. These same words he spoke many other times in different ways. Let me read this for you. Matthew 13, I'll begin with verse 40. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire. Remember he said, if you don't bear fruit for the kingdom of God and you refuse to be pruned. You will be cut off from the vine, and you will wither, and you will die, and you will be burned. In other words, according to this parable, those are also considered weeds. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom. That is, they will weed out of his church everything that causes sin and all who do evil and they will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth why will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth because these people thought they were saved they they thought they were loved by Jesus and on their way to heaven but they continued to walk in their sin they refused the pruning And because they refused the pruning, they could not bear the kind of fruit that Jesus needs for his kingdom. But verse 3, he says, Then the righteous, the innocent, the innocent will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. So there are those who are Weeds who refuse to be pruned by Jesus, by the Father. And then there are those who leave their sin, who are made righteous as a free gift from Jesus, not by self help or hard work. They're going to shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. But then so that there's no confusion he continues with his parables the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field and when a man found it he hid it again and then he in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field so here's a man who discovers the glory of the kingdom of God And he says, I'm all in. I'm going to follow Jesus. He sells everything he has. It costs him everything to buy into this kingdom. I heard about a man. It's in the book by Reese Howells. A Jewish man. Some years ago, the turn of the century. became a Christian. He and his brother owned the largest and finest department store downtown Pittsburgh. The deal was, in his father's will, that if you stop being Jewish and become Christian, you lose your share of the inheritance. Well, this man became a Christian. And he told his brother. And his brother promptly had him put in an insane asylum. He was there for some time. Before Christian friends discovered what had happened to him, and they sought a court order to set him free. And the judge set this man free. But he was now penniless, and his wife left him. But after several years, his wife was also converted and they put their marriage back together and they ministered together all over the country, preaching in camp meetings and churches. On the other hand, I heard about a man, a Muslim man, who became a follower of Jesus but he didn't tell his family because it would cost him his inheritance and they might even kill him. So he's hidden the fact from his family that he's a Christian. He has denied Jesus before men. Now, which man do you think is righteous before God? The Jewish man or the former Muslim man who is now a Christian? you decide to follow Jesus, as I have, it's going to cost you everything. And you will have enemies in this world who will refuse to fellowship with you, who will castigate you, who will criticize you, who will judge you, and many of those people will be flying under the flag of the gospel. Then he opens another parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. It's going to cost you everything to buy the pearl of great price. That's what Jesus is saying. But then he becomes very, very specific and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. The church is the net. It catches all kinds of people. It says, when it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore, and then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want that for you. I want you to make a decision that you will follow Jesus. I don't want you to be offended by the word of God that you must leave your sin, that you must be made righteous by the blood of Jesus in real time and in real life. I want you to submit yourself to Jesus so that Jesus can have full rule in your heart and that you will have the opportunity to be pruned carefully by the Father and you will begin to produce fruit. Some of you, barely have an inkling of the fruit of the Spirit, and you've never won anyone to Jesus. And some of you, the reason you have not won anyone to Jesus is you have been under very severe pruning. One man I know has been under severe pruning for quite a number of years. And he's been so disabled by that pruning that he's not been able to win anyone to Jesus. I know the day is coming when he will bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. It's not for me to judge how a man or woman is pruned. But if a man or woman is living as a Christian and walking in known sin and not allowing the pruning work to go on in their life, I have to come and issue a warning and say to you, if you don't bear fruit and you refuse to be pruned, you will be cut off from the vine and you will be cast into the fire. Now that causes me heartburn. That causes me great concern for you, if today you know you are compromising with the gospel, I ask Christians when I meet them, are you clean with Jesus? Or are there issues in your life that stand between your heart and God's heart? 99.9% of the Christians I ask that question say, there are issues I'm working on. They don't understand. You don't work on issues. You have them cut off by by the Father. You have them pruned. You're done with them. If you're working on something, it's because you want to keep it. Let's be honest. You hope you can improve it sufficiently, that it will be acceptable before God. Impossible. It won't happen. If the world doesn't hate you, it's because you're still like the world. It's because you still engage in the world's activities, the world's goals and objectives. It's because you still spend your money the way the world spends their money. It's because you still jump into the entertainment of the world. Look, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a true follower, you will not be loved by everybody. You will be hated by many. Is that your case? Or does everybody love you? And you make peace wherever you go. It's like the young man who told his pastor he was very concerned because for the summer he was going up into New England area and he was going to work in logging. And he said they're very wicked. Many of those men are very wicked. The pastor prayed with him. And that fall, he got back, finished the summer work, and was ready to go to school again. And the pastor said to him, how did it go? And the young man with a bright face said, oh, it was wonderful. Nobody discovered I was a Christian. Nobody discovered I was a Christian. What a tragedy. Do people know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? And are you walking in sin, claiming to be a follower of Jesus? The counselor has to come. Chapter 16 is about the counselor coming. He says, Now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me where you are going. Because I've said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth it is for your good that I'm going to go away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt. Well, if the Holy Spirit comes, how is he going to convict the world of guilt? He only has your life to convict the world of guilt. And if you're walking in the same darkness they're walking in, how can they be convicted by your life? If you dive with them into every kind of wickedness, how do you expect them to be touched by the Holy Spirit? So he says, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin. But if you're walking in sin, he can't use you to convict the world. And so you're blocking the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And I ask you now, please, Mr. Mrs. Are you blocking the work of the Holy Spirit among those you know? Because you're like them. Or can the Holy Spirit move in you to bring conviction of sin in the life of those you know? Now it says, Convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, righteousness, and judgment. Let's be specific. In sin, because men do not believe in me, So they're going to have to see an example of a person who believes in Jesus and who walks the walk, who doesn't walk in bitterness and gossip and anger and sexual uncleanness, a person who is filled with integrity and humility. Now he's also going to convict in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the Father. What's that mean? Well, When Jesus was here, he lived the kind of life that was so righteous that people were convicted around him. And he's saying, I'm going to the Father. I'm not going to be there anymore. Now people are going to have to be convicted of their sin by looking at your clean life. But if you're shacked up with somebody you're not married to, what kind of testimony do you have? None. If you're playing around with gambling, what kind of testimony do you bear? If you're buying the the lotto tickets, what kind of testimony are you bearing? If you go and, and play with the guys and smoke the cigars and gamble with nickels, what kind of testimony are you bearing? The world will love you, but Jesus won't. the theology down about the way you live he says in regard to righteousness because I'm going to the father where you can no longer see me and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned in other words you have no part of the devil or his work in the world And the world is convicted just by being around you and hearing your words of testimony, seeing the demonstration of your compassion and your love for those who are lost, for them. And they're convicted of their sin because they experience the incredible pouring out of your heart and your sacrifice for them. Is that true in your life today? Remember, we started this broadcast today in the 15th chapter, verse 1. I am the true vine. He's not the false vine. He's not the entertainment vine. He's not the ambitious vine. He's not, he's not the worldly vine. He's the true vine. And this true vine went to heaven And now he's left behind branches. And the father's eager to prune those branches so that they can bring forth the fruit of righteousness in those around them by their love and their compassion and their mercy, by their straight testimony, by our laying down our life for one another, by loving one another, church I pastored I was a part of the pastoral staff many years ago it was more than 3,000 members when I went there as a pastor my father's words echoed in my mind he had visited that church many years before and he said when I went in felt like I had to put on my overcoat and ice skates because the place was so formal and so cold. There was no human warmth and there was no warmth of Jesus in that house. And I have to admit, when I went there, I found the same thing. Underlying currents of political intrigue. A cold-heartedness. A lack of compassion. I didn't do much to change that because at that point early in my ministry I had not been pruned. I wanted Jesus but I was filled with ambition. I've often wished I could go back and preach in that church and talk about the reality of Jesus. I've not been afforded that opportunity. I've been cut off that's all right. I'm not disappointed in that. I'm not angry about that. I'm grieved. <laughs> I'm grieved because of the pride and the arrogance that I had when I was there. And that I still see as there. Do you understand today? This is so serious, what we're talking about. I've not come to give you nuggets of truth. I've not come to teach you. I've come to call you to Jesus. I've called you to become a part of the vine. To be a branch grafted into Jesus. Not religion. Not institutionalism. Not denominationalism. I don't care what your denomination is. There are wonderful Christians in in the Catholic Church, in the Methodist Church, in the Adventist Church. There are wonderful Christians in the Baptist Church, the Pentecostal Church. I, I don't think there's going to be a Pentecostal section in heaven and an Adventist section in heaven and a Catholic section. We're either going to follow Jesus or we're not going to be there. not my job to straighten you out. That's the job of the Father to prune you. It is my job, however, to come and ask you, are you in the vine? Does the nourishment of Jesus flow in you? And are you being pruned so that you can bear much fruit for the kingdom of God? And as we close the broadcast today, I just want to speak to those of you No one called, and that's okay. But I want to speak to those of you who are being pruned by sickness or you're being pruned by financial lack or you're being pruned by rejection, perhaps rejection of family. There's a suffering that's going on in your life how you're going to take care of your family. You don't know how you're financially able. You feel like you're dying. I want to say to you, Jesus loves you. Be of great courage. For the pruning of God does not go on forever. He finishes the pruning work and then we begin to bear much fruit for the kingdom of God. If you will endure the pruning. If you will go through faithful to Jesus. If you will go into that prayer closet and ask Jesus, please ask the Father to finish the pruning in my life. If you're willing to humble your heart with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your work partners willing to humble your heart and be nobody so you can be somebody in Jesus. Well, we're just about out of time. Let me pray with you. Lord, I need to pray today for those who are undergoing severe pruning. They're not sure they'll live through it. Their heart aches with the pain of what they're going through. Lord, if it's the devil attacking them, would you rebuke him and cast him out? If the roaring lion has his teeth in one of my brothers or sisters, I rebuke him in the name of Jesus. But Lord, if this is your work of pruning, I ask you to finish that pruning in my life and in my brothers and in my sisters. I ask that we could make be made fit for the kingdom of heaven and that we could be empowered to bear much fruit for your kingdom Lord I know it's not by might and it's not by power it's by your spirit and I ask today for the strengthening of your people I ask you would encourage them in this walk with Jesus that you would send your joy in the midst of the pruning that is going on Lord Yesterday was a very hard day for me in the morning as I prayed and waited on you. But suddenly you sent the joy of the Lord into my heart and my spirits lifted and I began to rejoice in who you are, Jesus, and in your love for me. I ask the same thing for my brother and my sister. I ask that you would pour out the joy of the Lord in their hearts, that they would know you love them so tenderly And that it's out of that love, Father, that you're pruning them. Lord, thank you. I praise and honor your name. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Now, part of what encourages me and causes me to be faithful in this radio ministry is that God moves in your heart to send the resources to pay the radio bill. I have in my hand a dear brother who sent $1,500 this month to pay for last month's radio. Another dear sister who sent $20. Another dear brother who sent $100. Another brother who sent $300. Some sent 10 or $5. It encourages my heart that you're walking with me in this ministry. So I'd like to hear from you. If you've been touched today by the Holy Spirit, please would you write to me? Write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22191. I'm sorry, 22195. One brother put the wrong zip code on, but it still got here two two one nine five. Go to our webpage, NationalPrayerchapel dot com. You can give online. One dear sister, I won't name you, but thank you so much for your consistent giving online. And others as well. A dear brother from Frederick, Maryland, he's such an encouragement to my heart because he gives so regularly and so sacrificially. It's this that allows us to cover almost $4,000 every month. Thank you. Thank you. Go to the webpage, com and the broadcasts are there. Go to YouTube to National Prayer Chapel or Pastor Ray Greenley and you'll find those videos all there. I know Jesus loves you, and I know he moved in this broadcast for you. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'd love to have you come Sunday. The phone number is 703-489-1785. You're welcome to call, and I'll give you directions. God bless you, brother, sister. I'll talk to you soon.